Welcome back, y'all, to episode 26 of the Zachary Wingate podcast, where we go 365 days covering all topics. Nothing is off the table. Today, we have an amazing show for you, as I have on my friend and someone who, you know, I look up to and what they provide, Darwin, Jose, or Coach Darwin. It was truly awesome for him to come on. Just want to shout out and give him a thank you, as well as lay out the intro into Coach Darwin. Darwin Jose is a lifestyle fitness coach, touring musician, and DJ. His fitness career spans for more than 20 years, coaching high professional individuals, celebrities, and athletes. His YouTube channel offers free workouts and fitness advice. As a professional musician, Darwin has performed in world-class venues such as the Miami Heat Arena, Austin City Limits, and the Yankee Stadium. Darwin is committed to serving and inspiring others through his fitness, music, and by becoming a better human every day. Wow, and I can say, you know, it was really awesome to have Darwin on the podcast and kind of going over a few important topics. You know, I really think Darwin represents a really important identity in masculinity for men. I mean, he's talking about these important habits, implementing and creating journal writing, um, the importance of your day habit, your evening habit, your workout, and how are you integrating mindfulness into your into your whole um, cycle. Getting into it, um, you know, I, I already did the, the introduction for kind of what you do, but I would love to hear a little bit more about kind of what you're offering currently and kind of what your current day-to-day looks like. Well, I'm currently building, I would say, building the framework to start seeing more um, private clients. And um, as you mentioned, I am a wellness coach. I have a specialty in fitness. And um, and I already have a clientele, but I'm getting ready to open, sort of like just restructure my life to, to open for more clients, at least one or two more clients in the next six weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I offer is, uh, you know, working one-on-one with me, it looks a little bit different than, than what it would look like with a personal trainer per se personal trainer uh you would have a session with every day um i've i've done it so that i see people on zoom or on facetime and i train them one-on-one there for a whole hour um and and but that's changing a little bit i am kind of wanting to give people the tools to succeed and teach people how to design their own workouts Um, and when i work with people one-on-one now it's it's more about creating a lifestyle uh, that's that really works for them integrating wellness and fitness and healthy habits uh, for them mm-hmm. uh, and then we check in once a week um, they have me they have me uh, they can access they have access to me through Voxer which is a, a voice memo app so we exchange messages there uh, also I send them the workouts through an app so that they they can do it on they can do it on their own but I I will I would be um, 
I am, of course, designing those workouts uh, specifically for for their lifestyles after we've had uh, conversations, after we've had some interactions and we've gotten to know each other. Mm-hmm. So most most of my life I've been training. I don't know why it's just sort of happened uh, training CEOs and and people who are retired, um, people who have done very well for them for themselves, sold their businesses, and uh, they want to integrate um, wellness into their lives. It's like the missing the missing piece of the puzzle for them. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's where I come in, and that's where I uh, we go really deep, and and we have amazing transformations. I mean, uh, it it really feels great when you see someone someone not physically but just their entire lives are just changing because you you are integrating healthy and sustainable habits into their into their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like a holistic approach because you're not like necessarily focusing on just going in and lifting heavy. It's more about creating a lifestyle around fitness where yeah, because really in the current day, you know, you think about you know if you are working with CEOs and they're sitting in front of their laptop, they're they're not really focusing on their wellness. It's, you know, with kind of what you're doing, you're providing that holistic approach where you are in the gym, but you are implementing the stretching as needed. And you're doing those extra things to give them kind of a well-rounded physique as well as a well-rounded habits, right? It's right. not like, it's like a 12-week program where it's like, this is what you need to do or is it more of an implementation of like a daily structure? I do have a minimum of three months uh, to work with me. Um, and that's because I, I find that's the best way of, that gives me enough time to really get to know the person and, and uh, you know, my system, my one-on-one coaching is very best spoke, very, very designed specifically for the person. So it's not, I do have certain parameters and, and things that I do on a regular. So let's talk about, you know, fitness, what you do in the gym or, or doesn't even have to be a gym. Just, just take some time of your day to exercise things on top every day to really tend to your body yeah. uh, as well as building new new habits like actually taking time for yourself what what are the things that make you feel fulfilled in your life yeah. okay and we capitalize on those and also what are the leaks what leaks do we have you know are you maybe having uh too many drinks during the week you know do you do you take a toke of cannabis because you're emotionally just so drained that that's what you go to or do you just sit in front of the tv and watch netflix for hours and hours because you really want to just sort of soothe yourself you know can we create better habits so that that's not your go-to things can we create habits that actually support your lifestyle that support the, the support being a successful ceo being a successful father or mother uh you know, it, 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 it's not just fitness per se, just to better your body, but I also focus on, let's say, emotional fitness. You know, what, what things can we do to sort of really integrate all these emotions that we feel? Um, are, are you journaling? Are you, do you have a healthy um, morning routine? Do you have a really, really successful night routine? How's your sleep? You know, we focus on things like that. It's not just going to the gym. It's, it's kind of like, I am the guy that's going to come and show you all the little hacks, you know, but I do require a lot of commitment, you know, um, because really, if it doesn't, 
if if it doesn't hurt if if what you're putting in there doesn't feel like work then it would it would probably not have a it will it will not be satisfying later on it will not it will not be, make you feel good once you see the results like you need to put in the work and, and someone will hold you account will hold you accountable and that that someone is me that's what <laughs> yeah. i'm here for and that makes sense you know it's like it's so interesting how fitness in itself only focuses on one aspect which is physique and you think about like all the instagram whatever and you don't like there's not a lot of people who is implementing the fitness aspect but then taking the importance of your mental health and anchoring it to fitness because the results you're going to get are so much more than a physique because then you're balancing your chemicals then you're kind of taking a process in which you become more mentally aware of, of kind of what you need, because it's so much more than physique. Like you think about mobility. I mean, my mobility is not where it needs to be. And in order to hit certain goals in the gym, just having that one aspect is important, but also having the mental fortitude to push to that point. We want to learn. And then, you know, think about how, you know, it's always interesting too. Like, do you bring things into the gym? Like, like, if you're having an emotionally tough day, do you bring that into the gym? Does that motivate you? And Absolutely. Like, is that, is that a process of your coaching where you teach your clients to, to kind of focus on that stressful point and then kind of flush it out through their workouts? Yes. Well, I, I believe in every workout you should really have, make some time for, to work on your emotional fitness. So it's really important for me, let's say I went to the gym today and I take maybe and I warm up, do a little something that's light, something just to get my body, you know, tell my body, hey, prepare. There's there's some activity coming. And it could be something like doing the slam ball on the floor, which I recently posted. Mm-hmm. And people ask me, what is that? What that ball is flat. I'm like, it's, it's just kind of it's a kind of ball that has weight. It has a weight to it and it doesn't bounce. So you can mm-hmm. slam it as hard as you want yeah. on the floor. And it will just limp. It will, you know, it, you have to pick it right back up, slam it down. Um, I had, because I went through a lot of, I've gone through a lot of the depression and anxiety in my life. And I've always gravitated towards the gym. Just, mm-hmm. I think when, when I was young, I found great friendships in the gym and also taught me the value of, you know, I, I put in the work, I get a result. It was a very clear cut thing for me. Like, okay, I put in the work in the gym, the reps and the sets, and I get the gains as, as people call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so because the gym is, has always been what I gravitated, um, it, it, it also allowed me to have this safe playground to really embody my emotions. So if I'm feeling anger one day, or, or even before I'm feeling anger, before I'm feeling anxious, just as a prehab, as, as a system of maintenance, you know, go ahead and do three sets of the heavy rope and and maybe put a little bit of emphasis in what you're doing and put a little bit of um, beast mode into it. But in, in a way that's safe, uh, you can you can really let out some some steam in a safe environment. You're not hurting anyone. And if and and you don't hurt yourself and have an unhealthy rage set rage se- session, um, which I, I learned as well. <laughs> yeah, but. But I think it's yeah. For all my clients, I even if they're if they don't know they're doing they're doing this, I make make them do something that 
will really sort of trigger certain emotions so that they can, you know, embody the emotion and, and really uh, use use the, the the safe environment to to let them out. Mm -hmm. Which makes sense, you know. I think about now. I'm like I do CrossFit four or five times a day here, or not a day. I mean a week. And, wow. <laughs> I'm not trying I'm not trying to kill myself but the CrossFit in itself does become a part of like my mental health where I know if I'm doing it you know and I got to be mindful you know normally like the thing about certain workouts is you want to come in and you want to ego lift like I love ego lifting and I'm not ashamed of it and I and I don't even lift that much but in CrossFit I, I do the opposite because I'm like I just don't want to do a deadlift I like I don't know but the slam ball in itself it's kind of like picking things that get that rage out and doing it in a way where when you're done you just feel really content and I think it makes sense why CEOs and in like high-powered clients would enjoy that because of the stress they're dealing with but also how you know we live in we we have such sedimentary lives now you know it's like yeah. You know, it's like so much of what we do is based on interfacing and we've kind of lost that ability to get out and really feel our bodies and also have some impact. But one thing I kind of want to get into is when did you kind of receive the calling to get into this work or what kind of motivated you? And you talked a little bit about, you know, dealing with depression when you were younger, but was there one moment where you really were like, this is something that, you know, is, is really fulfilling to me? I think for me, it came in, in layers. So when I turned 21, I got my first uh, fitness trainer certification. And um, again, I was, I was training really hard. And I was a really, really skinny person when I was like 18 years old, uh, you know, coming out of high school, I was very thin and, and exercising sort of helped me transform my body. And I always felt at home. So it was kind of like the natural thing to do. It was like, well, I like exercising this much. Uh, it seems to be the thing that I, I am most into. Like I had bodybuilders uh, posters on my wall Arnold Schwarzenegger was my number one um, role model mm -hmm. would say <laughs> and I was really really um, just obsessed with with working out with exercise so I got my first certification at 21 and then I I began training people and then I I realized that it, that wasn't it that wasn't it I I wasn't enjoying it um, people, a lot of people, a lot of the clients I had, again, I don't know why I always gravitated towards like the older adults, um, or maybe they just gravitate towards me, but a lot of them gave me this, this, I got this bad taste in my mouth that they weren't willing to put in the work. They were hiring a trainer to sort of maybe gain an edge on actually uh, getting their goals met, but but not willing to put it in the work. It's kind of like, um, you know, I'm not very, let's say I'm not very good at playing guitar. Mm -hmm. So I'm playing this $200 guitar. And I was like, oh, this is not really like, I, I don't feel like I'm making progress. So let me go buy a $10,000 guitar and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. You know? But it doesn't, 
it, it just doesn't work you like that. You got to put the time in. Yeah. So I was very young and I got disenchanted with it. And I actually stopped training for a few years. Mm-hmm. Stopped training. And I said, no, I can't. I don't want to babysit people. You know, that's that's what I said. I don't want to do it. I don't want to babysit people. And uh, later on in my life, um, I went back to personal training, actually started working as a fitness uh, supervisor at this private club. And, and I think, I think what I found success with was sort of, because I had more of, because I knew who I was more than, you know, back when I was 21, this is when I was back in like my late twenties, thirties, because I knew myself more, I was able to sort of just be more firm in what I wanted my clients to, to, um, to achieve and have better systems placed mm-hmm. and, and say, welcome, if you want to, if you want to get this kind of result, then you will, you will have to get, you know, you have to commit to this. Um, so I had a better understanding of what uh, I, maybe I was just more mature, you know? Yeah. And, and then the last couple of years, I, I even took it a step further. It's like, okay, I don't want to babysit people one-on-one. I, I do want people to have like this, this stuff. And everyone should, everyone needs to be working out. Mm-hmm. This is like, for me, working out, exercising, is like eating a meal. Like when you were a kid, your parents would feed you. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you got a little bit older and then you would uh, start eating by yourself, making a mess, throwing the food everywhere. You know, you, you really sucked at eating. Um, and same thing with fitness. You you start, um, you start at a certain level, and then you you learn a little bit, a little bit, which which is something I make my clients do every day. They need to learn a little bit about exercise, and I send them resources for them. It, it only takes five ten minutes a day because the more you learn about what you're doing in the gym or or why you're eating this way, why are you, why are you doing this, the more involved and, and motivated and passionate you will become. Yeah. So. So it's kind of like a psychological hack also. It is. And what's so interesting, I don't know how people don't work out like at least three to five times a week because it doesn't, it's such a, it's not even about the fitness aspect. It's about like your mind being able to just have a moment for me where I'm not thinking about something and I can focus on physical movement because I feel like I get so cerebral in my head and I'm thinking yeah. about all this stuff. And then if I'm just lifting up something heavy or, or doing pushups, or I hate burpees so much, but when, if I do burpees, <laughs> I never, like, never met someone who liked burpees, <laughs> but like just thinking about how much I hate them when I do them in a way is like a weird meditation thing to where then my mind is only focused on how much I hate it and everything <laughs> else is just silent. <laughs> like, and, right. and then when I get done with it, I kind of come back to, and I'm like, man, you know, that was an hour where I was able to just kind of clear the air and go within myself, but I can see too how, I mean, I just, I see, I just find it so valuable. And when people can't connect to that and, you know, what you're doing is you're helping people kind of connect to that ability and get them where they need to be in life. And in three months is really the perfect amount of time whenever you're focusing on that, you know? Yeah. That, that's the goal is to, I want, I want people to walk away feeling that one is they have support they don't have just someone who wants to like hook them in a system and for them to train with this person for years and years and years it's more like 
I will keep you sort of like in line. But the work, you're doing the work. You're the hero. You're the star of this of this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm just sort of like the director. Yeah, but one thing about you is like you have multiple things going on. I mean, like, like you're not just you, you know, you're great within the fitness world, but you're also a professional musician, you know, yes. and, and you're also a great bread maker. You know, I've seen I saw it on the screen. Right <laughs> yeah, now. man. Yo, that looks delicious, you know. So like Thank you, you have like this great balanced life where you're really taking the time to to enjoy it like how do you blend like because you know you're going to be traveling and in obviously doing you're having shows booked like how do you blend that world because I'm always so curious how you can just you know and also to have seen like your mobile workout stuff so even when you're on the road like you're getting it so like how do you have that like determination that ability to maintain that focus well one of the things that motivate me the most is to show up to to like be the best best version of myself for my clients. I I actually I I was I was talking to a client this morning and uh we we trained much earlier than what we used to uh every day. Um we had this call and um he asked me did you have breakfast already? And I said not only did I have breakfast but I got up I did yoga, I meditated, I had breakfast, I journaled, I, I am feeling great. And he said, wow, I told him, I want to be the best. I want to show up being the best version of myself to you. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you don't have to do that. I'm like, oh, trust me, you don't want to, you don't want the lesser version of me. You yeah. know? So, so because I am in the people's business, I feel like I have a responsibility to have the best day I can. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if I need to be that guy that has to book that massage today so that I can feel good, so I can show up for others tomorrow, then I'm going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so a lot of the motivation that I get has to do with how I interact with the world, but also has to do with, I mean, I feel like this is my job. <laughs> you know, it's my job to be the best version of myself for others. I, I would hate to have a coach that doesn't take care of himself, drinks too much, doesn't go to bed on time, has, has a crappy uh, uh, nighttime schedule, mm-hmm. watches too much TV. Like, I wouldn't really look up to that person. Mm-hmm. So I, I really, that's, that's really, really where I draw the motivation. And for the other areas of my life, um, let's, let's take my music per se. Um, I'm a musician. I am a singer. I'm a, I play guitar. I'm a DJ as well. And I gig with this band. We gig all over the country and sometimes we go internationally and singing is such a, especially for singers, because you use your body to perform. Okay. So, so you need to be healthy. You need to treat yourself well. Mm-hmm. Like I, singers, at least not me, as, as at least not me, I cannot, the night before a gig, I cannot go out and drink, you know, all night and show up and, and oh, I, I, and I don't know, some people can't do that, but I can't. Mm-hmm. I am a really, really sensitive person when it comes to that. Like my voice is very sensitive, so I have to really take care of myself, especially before a show, like the week before a show. So because I'm gigging almost every weekend, I have to take care of myself. 
And then you throw in the traveling, you throw in the, the crazy flight schedule, you know, the flights usually are super early. Um, and, and so you have to even, you have to even be more prepared. You have to kind of like hack your way into it even more so. Yeah, that level of discipline is what's like, so it's just a high level of discipline and awareness of yourself. So you know what physically you can do in order to get your maximum performance. So it's just like at what point, like, like I think about the transition in myself and like at what point were you like, you know, were you ever like a crazy partner year or did you always have that kind of mindset? And then at what point did it change where you're like, I can't be this wild person anymore. I got to like focus in on my well, team. It's, yeah, it's not, a, I don't want to sit here and, and, and tell people that, you know, I am super consistent and perfect 100%. I always achieve this. No, no, man. Like there are times when I, I don't, I do things that don't serve me very well, you know, and then, and then you have the inner critic and you beat yourself up and then, oh my God. And then you fall into certain habits again, you know, but I think what makes the difference is how you pick yourself up from that. Mm -hmm. Like what kind of, how do you treat yourself when you're down Mm -hmm. and, and tell yourself, okay, well, you know, I didn't do very good today, but tomorrow is another day and I'm going to try to do a little bit better. Um, since I was a kid, though, there was something that since I was a child, my number one goal has always been to just become a better version of myself, a better person. Because um, I'm like, well, my, like, life is not that long, really. So so I want I want to walk out of life with with just great experiences, with just taking things to the next level, maybe. And I, and I noticed that the, the things that make me feel the best are experiences are, like, you know, how, how, how you show up for uh, to others, uh, to other people's lives and how you make them feel and the connections you make. Mm-hmm. So any way that I can like tweak that and make it better. And, and, and at, at the same time, really taking good care of myself and having this self love for myself, kind of approach um i am i'm becoming better and better every day but i am not a perfect um role model no i don't really like what you see in social media it's not it doesn't reflect uh real life um and and i'm not one of those influencers that that just no no man like i i mess up i i make mistakes um but really how you come back from that is is what will make the big biggest difference because we're all human and we're on this same experience you know yeah that's like like uh this last weekend i was in cuba and i went or cuba i can't even think i was in colombia and i was like this all white party which sounds weird but everyone was wearing all white clothes because it was a birthday party Mm -hmm. and it's like you know i like to drink and have a good time and in my younger years like i really think i abused that not that i'm like old now but back around 25 Mm-hmm. And I drink agua diente. Agua diente. Oh my gosh, bro. <laughs> like that stuff really, I mean, we got about 10 more left on the 10 minutes left, but that stuff really, like, I drank it because I was like, yo, I'm in, I'm obviously having Columbia, this is what you drink. And the shots that they kept bringing to me because it was like everything was paid, like the service there, I don't know how much I drank. But here's what happened. I danced all night, okay? Uh-huh. 
I ended up on stage playing the bongos with some Columbus <laughs> band. <laughs> okay, like I like I was dancing with everybody, mm-hmm. like, you know, because like when you because it's a lot, you know, it's a Latin party, obviously, you know, you got to get in there. You just can't be sitting down because everybody's playing music now. Yeah. I literally cannot remember the last time this has happened, but I woke up so hungover. I was like vomiting and I felt Ugh. bad because like my wife was in the room and so was her mom. And luckily, like they woke up at 6 a.m. and they got me medicine and they brought me back. <laughs> but, like I definitely had that moment where I was like, did I push myself too far and go past the boundary? And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't know if I'll be in Columbia again or at a party on the top of a roof. So I think I did what I was supposed to do, but it's like, (laughs) you know, like you have that moment where you're like, man, like what, but this service, like I would probably have only taken maybe three, three or four shots at most. And I'm pretty sure they brought me double digits. Like I couldn't even think anymore. Mm. And it just, but like, that's the stuff where you come back from and then like yesterday I'm working out and I've even on a Monday, like the hangover was so residual that mm. I couldn't even like, I was still drinking water. I just couldn't recover. Like I, like, I don't know. Long story right. short though, that's the type of stuff as I get older that I'm like, you know, I think really where I got to find, have that fine line is between drinking or sending boundaries yeah. where it's like maybe only Friday or, you know, maybe I'll have tea instead or kind yeah. of implementing like different patterns. And it's like, you know, if someone's drinking in like weekly, like, do you have anything, like any, anything you recommend? Is it tea or is it kind of transitioning to something else? Or is it just like, you just got to have the mental determination? I, I, I mean, that's a, that's a really, really long answer to this, but if you're drinking weekly, if you're drinking every night, um, there's, I can almost guess a certain feelings that you're trying to escape from. There are certain emotions and certain things that you need to deal with that the drinking is, is, is sort of like releasing this, this dopamine in your brain, mm. quick, quick source of dopamine. And my advice would be, you know, find more deliberate sources of dopamine find things that actually you can do for the rest of your life. You know, grab, grab a journal, write, write how you feel. Uh, have a five-minute dance party if you have the urge to drink. Turn on the music and just dance and mm-hmm. tell me how you feel right after that. Mm-hmm. Go for a run, go exercise, um, or do something creative. Uh, just I would say don't try to just you know tough your way out of it and be like, oh, yeah, I'm so strong, I'm mental. I don't know why I sound like a pirate right now. But, <laughs> but definitely try to replace it with something that's sustainable and something that is actually, it creates a positive effect. So like a habit for a habit, like? Yeah, I would say that, I would say that. And also try to try to do it before you feel the need, you know, mm-hmm. uh, before you feel, oh my God, I got all these feelings and like try to find a way to have a maintenance program or a prehab program, like I, like I said before. Yeah, like you're doing preventative habits to order to maintain healthier mindset so you're not kind yeah. of like, all right yeah. it's 12 i guess i'll journal now because i have the urge to drink it's like no you already journaled. yeah you already did your breath work you've already did your push-ups for the night like you really 
like you've done all the steps needed to kind of implement some type of pattern of dopamine. So you're not going back to the substance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about just replacing it with healthy habits. Um, but also, that's what I'm here for. That's my job. You know, reach out to me. Uh, I am I am an encyclopedia when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> yeah, and that's good. And I think I like, it's kind of, I don't know, we can kind of um, sum it up now within the podcast. I think, you know, kind of what is the, I guess what is the last thing I'm leaving you with is, you know, where can people find you, you know, and, mm -hmm. and how, what is the best, you know, in one word, what can you provide for them at, within your coaching services? In one word, or, that I can provide. Words, or maybe one sentence, maybe a couple of words, Yeah, um, something where it's like, they like when they leave your experience, they know exactly what they're getting. I have empowerment. I want people to feel empowered and know that they can they can create a crazy transformation in their lives. Um, do, you don't have enough time for your family. Let's let's talk about that. Let's where, what's sucking down. What is what is what is sucking all that time from you? Where are you spending that time? Um, do you feel fulfilled in your life? So I want people to walk away from a coaching session feeling feeling like there is an answer, like there is a way of of making a six-figure income and still have time to your for yourself mm -hmm. and still feel like you're in control of your life mm -hmm. it doesn't it doesn't have to be like the grind and and the hustle and like that's not the only way of being su a successful leader um a successful father a successful mother there are other ways there are, there are ways you know that you will not see in in like the supermarket Every, everything we see is kind of like instant gratification, sugar, TV shows. It's like, you know, what if there was a way that was a little bit different that you can, you can definitely go down that path and feel like you have actually control in your life, even if it doesn't look a little bit um, like everyone else's lifestyle, you know, you know, it won't look like everyone else's lifestyle. You know, why is everyone overweight and not very smart? Mm -hmm. You know? So maybe maybe you should try doing it's maybe you should try doing the opposite of what they're doing. I don't want to work hard. I just want things to happen to me. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, comfort is what's killing you. You know, comfort is what is what's destroying strong men, strong women. It's, it's destroying society. So like we have so many resources, so much technology, but we're somehow just getting further away from each other and and from the spice of life. Yeah. And it's like, people don't want to do the hard thing. And I don't understand why sometimes, because I'm like, you get so much out of pushing yourself and you get so much out of doing things that make you feel yeah. uncomfortable and that you don't know if you can even do. And if you don't do it, you learn from it. If you do do it, you learn from it. And it's like, I don't know where this like kind of comfort culture has come in, but I think in a lot of ways, it's like, it's really stopping people from being more in touch with their potential yeah some people need a little bit of a nudge and that's where i come in yeah so. they, yeah and i feel like too like your nudge is consistent it's countable but it's also really conscious it's not like a you need to get up and work out because x it's like you know you understand the person you understand to communicate with them and you understand to motivate them and that's really like understanding how to motivate people is so important even from a leadership standpoint 
Oh, yeah. and that's where the consulting yeah. comes in. You know, you're like, what are not necessarily the buzzwords or what can I say to maybe light a little bit of a fire? Because, you know, people do want to be pushed, you know, and people, yeah. want, they, you know, and that, you know, people need to be pushed sometimes if they don't really. And everyone has a different style of that as well. So if you, if you would know how to listen to your client, if you know how to listen to, to people, you'll be able to figure that out, what style works best for them. For sure. And I guess, where can people find you? Give me your Instagrams. All uh, I would say Instagram is the best way to find me. Um, I also send you my email address if anyone wants to send me a quick email. And very soon, I will uh, have my website up and running, Coach Darwin Jose. And uh, yeah, and that's where I'll be with all my resources from there. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Darwin. We Thank you. are finishing up right in time uh, with a minute left. I will, I, you know, I really appreciate you coming on here and talking and, you know, I just, I look forward to seeing your business grow and I just can't wait to see all the testimonials from your clients. Thanks, man. Have a great day. All right, you too.